This is a big timing comedy production. Welcome backstage. Uh, I'm here to interview Black Sabbath. I'm a journalist. VIP only. Groupies sleep with rock stars because they want to be near someone famous. We're here because of the music. We are band-aids. Are you jumping or am I under-medicated? You're listening to Backstage Pass with Meredith Marks. I'm with the band, okay? Meredith Marks. This is my producer, Mikey. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? What are we doing this evening? Oh, we are just going to chill out with some Mark Slaughter. I remember him. Oh, God. Not I like you do, though. So remember him. <laughs> Such a hottie. I had the biggest crush on him. Had? Still have. Uh-huh. That shit does not go away. It doesn't fade. That I will agree with you. It only gets stronger because uh-huh. he's just so incredibly talented. Uh-huh. He's still sexy, babe. He's got it. <laughs> All right. This episode is being sponsored by Salsa Grill. EatSalsaGrill.com is their website. They are located in Baltimore, Maryland, off of Security Boulevard. And they are my favorite restaurant of all time. Um, for instance, like some of their entrees, lamb sirloin with mushrooms and onions, blackened tuna, stuffed rockfish, my favorite spinach empanadas, paella they used to have a paella pizza but he did away with that i don't know why why'd you do that jay why'd you get rid of the paella pizza Mm. everybody loves a good paella pizza um they have this thing called a cheesecake taco i can only imagine it's kind of like a oh my yeah (laughs) right i can only imagine it's kind of like that like a flaky doughy shell filled with cheesecake yeah Mmm. So Jay, he's so cool. He travels around to uh, different countries and he gathers like spices and ingredients and comes back and and it's this Spanish Latin American restaurant and he tries different things and he just loves what he does. So Salsa Grill, when you come to Baltimore, you got to go to Salsa Grill. It's kind of in this weird like little shopping center, but the food is ridiculous. So yeah. How are you, Mikey? I'm good. Yeah? The summer is almost here. Like tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah. I experienced most of it yesterday, right? (laughs) When this airs, it's going to be yesterday. It's going to be tomorrow. You know, you could be listening to this in the middle of January, and then you're like, what are you talking about? But yeah, this is uh, recorded in June of 2018. So yeah, summer's here, man. I'm hitting Hershey Park on Friday. Going to the park. Yep. I'm the one that holds the bags at the bottom of each coaster. Let the kids go on the coasters. I'll hold your bags and your crap. <laughs> I do not do drops. I won't go. Oh. So it's all good, right? I did my first big coasters well, just a few years ago. Did you really? I went to King's Dominion and rode everyone but the Terminator or the, no, what was it? The t- no, whatever. All of them. Right. Oh, they were all open except one, and I wrote them all. 
Okay, see, like, as you get older, like, I didn't used to eat chicken, okay? And then, like, a few years ago, I started eating chicken. Mm -hmm. I started eating mushrooms, okay? That shit, that's not happening. The older I get, the more I'm, like, set in my ways. I am not going on a roller coaster. I'm not going to wake up when I'm 50 years old and be like, oh, hey, I think I'm ready to try a roller coaster. No. Did you do it when you were 20? No. Okay. And the last time that I was on a log flume, I cried like a child. It was embarrassing. So, I guess... um. We're we're not doing that bungee jumping thing. Shit, no. Okay. No. Okay. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Two feet flat on the earth. You know what? I'm I appreciate that's high. That's not you know not a coaster. I appreciate high hair. And our guest tonight, <laughs> he had it. I have to ask him like you know what his hair rituals were in the eighties because my hair was kind of similar to his. It's got like a wave to it. Well, <sighs> he had people. Oh yeah, but I want to know. I want to know if the people actually did the hair, or if he did the hair. That's important because we've gotten some, you know, behind the scenes looks at um, other rock stars' quaffs, I guess you can call them. Well, it's like the boys and kiss. They do do their own makeup. Yeah. Every night. Yes. Can't imagine somebody else doing it because if they screw up. They'll well, never hear the end of it. It's one of them things where you've done it a hundred thousand times. Gene Simmons will stand on one side of the room and stick out his tongue and lick you on the other side of the room if you screw up his makeup. Oh, dude. All right. So, you know, everybody knows I'm an 80s girl and I am psyched. So let's dive into this. Here we go. We're talking with Mark Slaughter. Hey, we've got Mark Slaughter live from Iowa, right? Yes, that is correct. I'm in Dubuque, Iowa. Nice. At a casino. When is your gig? You have a gig tomorrow night? This tomorrow night, yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, another another day at the office. It's all good. <laughs> you do a lot of fly dates now, right? It's uh, it seems like we're doing more fly dates than you know. We haven't been on a tour bus in in years. It's just uh, it's more not as conducive to what we do. I mean, we're going to do the show tomorrow, and then we have a day off to fly to Colorado, and then we'll see a bunch of our other friends, Skid Row and Night Ranger. And, Right, right, and a whole bunch of other bands are playing out in Colorado at a Freedom Fest. So, um, you know, so it's just from one side of the world to the other, you know? Yeah. And do you do you like that more? Do you like to do the fly dates now rather than living on that tour bus? Because it's tough. It's not an easy life to, to live well, on that tour bus. Either either way, you're going to have less sleep. You know, look, you know, when we all started this music side of it, it was one of those things that, that the music you're passionate about, you love it, you do it, but then you realize you get paid to travel. If you think of it this way, you never lose the love for it. I get paid to travel and I play for free because I love the play. So, you know, I don't lose the passion that way, but it's a pain in the ass when you're, you know, like, you know, today when there is a mechanical and you fly, you know, you have a layover here and then that thing's messed up and, you know, and then you you get here and you're dodging tornadoes. It's, it's been quite a day. Yeah, you were just on a shuttle bus uh, from the airport over to the casino. It took, what, an hour and a half and you were going through half, tornadoes? Yeah. yeah, there's a tornado in the area. They're just like, you know, there's a tornado in the area. And, da, 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 da. and I said, well, and my service was really spotty on my phone. I'm like, yeah, there's no way a, I can do it on a phone call, B, to, to do it Skype-wise. So yeah. this works a lot better. For sure. Mark Slaughter, you're worth the wait, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. Totally worth the wait. 
Tell me about um, Halfway There because you released it last year. I've been listening to it. First thought that I had was it's it's heavier than I'm used to hearing from from you. Um, yeah. Really heavy and, and more grit. Tell me a little bit about the album and, and making it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't really think of trying to make a heavier record. I think that I was just making, you know, when I write songs, I write songs. And uh, and the mode I was in and the mood I was in was very, you know, just in a heavy-handed guitar side. So I think that's why it's it leans a little bit more towards the harder stuff. But, you know, the songs are still there. It's hard, but there's still a melodic structure. I don't think I'm losing the, the, you know, the melody. It still has a hard rock melody to it. Well, I love Hey You. You kick off the album with Hey You, and I love yeah. that. I, I've been rocking out to that ever since I've been listening to it. It's it's oh, awesome. Good. It's awesome. Good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. And Halfway There is a little bit more um, mellow, I guess. I don't want to say right. like more ballady, but it's more mellow. Yeah, it's, and it, Yeah, it, it breaks down to where it's a little bit more of a, of a what is standard power ballad, so to speak, is, you know. But uh, yeah, but it, the song has a lot of integrity. The the writing, the writing's pretty deep on it. And you still have an incredible vocal range. I mean, going to those high notes, I know with like Real Love and Up All Night, you had to hit those really high notes. What do you do to keep your vocals fresh and, and ready for gigs? I go into hotel rooms and I get waters like these and I drink a whole bunch of them. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about hydrating, I think. Just, you know making sure you have enough uh, water because a dry throat doesn't work well. No, totally does not work well. Yeah, yeah. So are you uh, doing some of these gigs as Slaughter? Are you doing it as more Mark Slaughter solo? Uh, this is the, the shows I'm doing right now are actually Slaughter gigs, but uh, you know, I'm looking for some dates for the solo band. It's just I don't have anything on the books at this point. You know, I'm actually in the midst of writing new stuff, so... You know, when I get in the writing mode, I'm not, you, you pound the phones to talk to promoters and agents and all the other stuff. And I'm kind of in this mode right now of, of writing and, and, you know, staying up very late and making music. So that's kind of where my head's at right now, even though I should be doing more uh, solo stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, we love what you've put out so far, so we can't wait to see what else you've got coming our way. Um, you were in Scrap Metal with Gunnar Nelson, Kelly Keegan, and Eric Martin. Um mm -hmm. Tell me about how that came about, because um, that is an awesome lineup, by the way. Oh, thanks. You know, it, it, it came about by uh, there's a, a comp there's an organization called the Nashville Songwriters Association. And uh, they help songwriters to, you know, increase the royalties, et cetera, um, and help songwriters out. And they asked us to do a benefit years ago. Uh, meaning Gunner and myself, and I said, why don't we just put together a rock band? We'll just call our all our friends. So we started calling all of our friends, and the next thing you know, we had this really cool lineup of all these different people. That it, it was just a great show, and you know, and Gunner walked over to me as we were on stage and said, we should call this scrap metal, and he just laughed like a schoolgirl. And that was that's when we said, you know, well, we'll do some more dates. And there's about three scrap metal dates on the books right now for this year. Uh, two of them being in July, I believe. I mean, it's per it's a perfect name. You can't get any more perfect than that. And you it, know, it, it's a song. It's all about the songs, though, and it's the people who sang them. I think that's the key point. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you guys really kicked it off. I mean, you were one of the first, I want to say, super group. I mean, we hear about a lot more now about super groups and right. people are are loving going to these shows and getting to see a variety of their favorite musicians on stage. And that's a treat for the audience. Right. It really well, is. It's all about the hits. It's about the hits. Yep. And, you know, I know, and I a lot of agents don't like it, meaning, you know, uh, how I put it, the people who pitch these shows because. They're selling one toaster instead of four or five toasters. Let's let's just put it in that in those terms. So you have one toaster that just does it all, and then that's only one commission for them. So that's why it doesn't take off like it should. Right. And all these super groups, to be honest. With you. Yeah, there are a lot out there, but yours are yours is awesome. I love. Uh, thank you. It's thank a you. Great, great lineup, and I hope to catch it. You know, hopefully you guys can come to Baltimore sometime because we'd like to see it here. You know, Baltimore oh, is like a very big rock city, and uh, we love all of them. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I get it. I, I was, I was through the Hammerjacks many times. I was going to say, I bet the, he remembers Hammerjacks. Hammerjacks, and you played M three. Absolutely, several times. Yeah. In the beginning and kind of the middle end, uh, the last uh, this year. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So somebody had asked me to ask you a question because I put it okay. on Facebook, and they said. In Fly to the Angels video, you had a bomber jacket on. Is it true that Gene Simmons gave you that jacket? Well, listen, in the Gene Simmons form, it's not given the jacket. It's you can use the jacket, but make sure I get the jacket back <laughs> when you're done. Nailed it. Like, That's perfect. He nailed so, it. So listen, I don't, I don't want you to keep it. It's my jacket, but I will loan it to you because you're, you're big like me. So that was it. So yeah. So we I, did. You give we, the jacket back? Well, of course I did. It was okay. the beginning of the Kiss tour. I was. I wasn't going to shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's you awesome. Know? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Tell me about writing "Fly to the Angels." I know you and you and Dana wrote that. Yeah, it was. I wrote it about. Uh, um, a girlfriend of mine that passed away. It was just a song about letting go. And I think it's just one of those things of, uh, you know, especially at that time, there really wasn't a lot of songs that were, you know, I wouldn't say in a spiritual sense, but they really had that, you know, the type of depth. And that was where I wanted to go as a writer and to be, you know, to initially come out as a writer that way. So, um, I just put my heart in it and, uh, and you know, that's how the song came to be. And it's been a part of a lot of people's lives. There's over 9 million plays of uh, Fly, Fly the Angels on Spotify a year, which is a lot of plays. It's one of my so, favorite songs. There you go. So thank you. I appreciate that. Did you write Real Love um, when when all of these hair bands were looking you know, to go in the ballad direction? Is that when you wrote that or had you already had that in your category, in your catalog? No, I think that, again, it's kind of like I, I write to what I think, you know, look, if, if you're writing a song and you're a songwriter, it's different than, you know, we're a band and we're just going to rock. I, you write, you want to write songs that people can relate to. And I think that at that time, you know, in my life, and I think in that time, and a lot of people in their life at that point, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to look for the that real love that real person that person that you know 
as a lifelong partner. And that's that was kind of the whole idea is to write something that struck a hard chord like Fly the Angels did on our first record that is honest and is and is pure and it's 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 true human emotion. I think that's the most important part as a songwriter that you try to connect to where people's mindset is. Because the songs that relate to you that you go, I love this song, whether it's, you know, I can't drive fifty five Sammy Hager, you know, you're gonna drive fast to that or you know, listen to ACDC to to drink beer to and have a party. I mean, it's just you have certain staples of what music is gonna take you or the soundtrack of your life. And so, you know, that's what I've always tried to do is write songs that I think are, you know, for that moment of where those where that listener is, as I would be. So where was your mindset compared to the eighties as of writing halfway there last year um because it's such a different it really is such a different feel i wasn't expecting the album to sound the way that it did but i love i ended up loving it and i'm just curious you know as and this is the thing like i've interviewed a lot of songwriters and a lot of musicians that that haven't written and the songwriters have the stories man i mean that that is where the the juice is that's where the song you know that's where everything it's, comes from. And you got to you got to relate to it. I mean, it's it's you know, even a anthemic song has an anthem that you want to scream and shout. And and, you know, so when as I was writing these songs again, it's writing songs. It's not like I started writing a whole album, and said, well, this song is just going to be for this and this song's for that. I I wrote the songs that had, you know, each one is like a child They're they are who they are. All you could do is guide it till it's done. And then you have to let it go. And the, and the hardest part in art as a songwriter or as an art painting artist or artist is to say that's enough and abandon the art and let it go. That's the hardest thing I think for anybody who's an artist is to let it go. So I just get to the point where I go, here's a song. Okay, I'm done. Moving on. You know, and, and I think I've, I've got a pretty good rhythm on that at this point. In my life. So I have to ask, I mean, I know other songwriters have have nailed it just like you did, where they are like a child and everyone mm-hmm. is unique. And um, some people have had a hard time picking a favorite. Can you pick a favorite? Well, I think that, you know, Fly the Angels is certainly a favorite of mine because it's connected me to a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of uh know fans a lot of you know it's, it's it's been a monumental song in my life so obviously it's probably my one of my favorites i'm not going to run from it because it's it was written from the heart it's not contrived it's not it's not a song that somebody wrote for me and i think that that's why when we go out to play songs and to do what we do whether it's me playing with slaughter or solo or whatever it's the songs that i write that are from me not somebody's interpretation of a song that I should be singing. So I think it's a little bit more believable when it's coming from the artist. Absolutely. Talk to me a bit right now about sound checks. The past couple of years, there have been some artists that have come forward saying they prefer not to do sound checks. And there have been some issues from that. How do you feel? Do you like to do a sound check? And if you do, do you do a lengthy one? Do you do a quick one? Mm, sound check, you know, a sound check to us is just exactly that to make sure that, that, you know, A, that the monitors don't feed back. 
and that the front of house guy actually has what he needs. So, you know, it's the balance of the two. So, you know, I don't like lengthy sound checks. I mean, it's not a time to go jam and, and, you know, waste time. I love to play, but sound checks are really not that place. It's, it's about get in there, get it to sound great, then go chill and save it for the performance. I think that's key. You've had the opportunity to tour the world and go mm-hmm. to many venues. Tell me about venues for a second. What makes a great venue, in your opinion? It's the heart of the people. Um, you know, you're, you know, you're there in the Baltimore area. I mean, when we played Hammerjacks there years ago, and that's a very enthusiastic crowd. It's a monumental crowd, but it's, it's the Tokyo dome with, you know, 60,000 people is monumental too. It's different, but both are equal and the same to me because as a performer, people are in it. I think as, as long as you have a crowd that's, that's in it and you're all in to celebrate life with music. Cause that's how I look at music. Um, I think that's, that's the key point. You know, we're just, we're just really, you know, all in it together. I think it's cool. Very cool. When you tour the world and you get to see all the different cities and then you come home and you're like, I'm done. I'm tired. I need a vacation. Where's your go-to? In the studio. Everybody, I, dude, I'm a, telling you, he don't take a break. Every I single take, person I ask, that's I, what they I answer. I swear, I, I think, I swear, I think it's just one of those things that it's it's therapeutic for me to pick up a guitar and just start playing. I mean, it's what I love to do. I need to get away, but you know, here's the other thing: I uh, uh, we just uh, um, adopted a rescue dog, so we've got. You know, I've got another animal that I'm dealing with. So, you know, just like anybody else in real life, you know, this isn't the stage and, you know, the planes, trains and automobiles and the, the, the behind the scenes, you know, craziness. I have a dog at home that that, you know, was was a rescue is a rescue and it was abused and it shakes. You know, Aww. it's 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 sad to see what people do to animals. But you know, I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time trying to 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 make that animal feel at home in our in our house so that'll be one of the things i do when i get back home that's my probably my next uh you know grounding relaxed moment and then you know i'm not looking to run out to go do a vacation because we've got the dogs so you know it is what so it vacation is. more or less is is spending time at home it really is. I mean, I, I love to get away and I love to do things, but there's responsibilities as, as a pet owner. I'm not just going to drop them off and especially this new guy. It's, it's, you know, you gotta be in it, you know, I've got, look, I hear you. I've got a 22 month old puggle and I do not like leaving her at all. And I spend a lot of time with her. Yeah. Well, you know, they can get destructive too when they have anxiety. So I've I've got a lot of learning to do of the rhythm of, of, just like any animal, the rhythm of how they, they work. So where, we'll where is home these days? Uh, I live in Tennessee. Okay. So I have a, you're in Nashville, uh, just South of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Who's your favorite band that you've toured with? I know it's tough to pick a favorite, but like, you know, you feel that camaraderie on tour. I, I think that, you know, 
Well, you know, I get along with. It's not like I have bands that I just can't stand. I mean, I'm, I'm I get along with everybody, but you know, Kiss has a, a fun place in my heart. My first tour with Alice Cooper. I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. Look, it's as a kid, you grow up listening to this music, and it's such a big mainstay in your life. And then the next thing you know, you're rubbing elbows with these people. Yeah, and I'm on stage on stage with Ozzy Osbourne and. It, the list goes on and on, but is there one better than the other? No, every every life experience is a good experience. We're on this side of the dirt, so it's all good. It's you know? all good. Look, you dude, know? I started my show last year, and here I am talking to Mark Slaughter. There you go. I mean, there come on. Go. Really? <laughs> got the hookup. Best thing ever. So you've got uh, the show to n- tomorrow night in Iowa, in Colorado on Saturday. What's your touring right. schedule looking like over the next couple of months? Um, and then the guys, uh, they're going to go play with Vince for about, they play with Vince Neal, my band. So they're going to be out with Vince Neal for about a week. So I'll be in the studio writing pretty heavily. And then it's, you know, it's Vegas and, you know, some other parts, you know, other fly dates next month. So same thing. Very cool. Very cool. And all that's and all that stuff is usually on my Facebook as as well as uh, uh, on markslaughter.com and slaughterusa.com. I mean, it's it's out there. Yeah, you're on Instagram. You're on Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook. Absolutely. I mean, look, everybody these days seems pretty accessible. Do you yeah, feel it's, that? It's funny to me. It's funny to me because accessibility is what I think our band was based on. Initially, we were a very accessible, you know, band. And uh, but it's hard for me to. I I don't buy into the narcissistic. You know, here's my bathroom shot with the selfie with the duck lips. You know, <laughs> I I don't. It's like you know. I I just it's life to me. I I, I don't spend all my time. I turn. I do turn my phone off. Because to me, it's important to to have the serenity to be able to create, create, you know. So, you know, I try to have the balance of being in life and and also in the social media world. And it's crazy. I, I don't know how people do it. But do you think it's easier now being able to connect with your family while you're on tour with FaceTime and Skype and all of the, you know, plethora yeah. of social media there's ways there's ways but again everybody's you know the world works you know we're on 33 and now we're on 78 i mean everybody's just going twice as fast it's it is what it is i think that everybody's looking for a quick shortcut shortcut a quick way of of doing something they don't nothing's ever uh, a long way or you know looking at the trees as you drive by. It's just, I just want to get there. You know, that's how the mentality of, of, of the new world is because it's a attention deficit society. That's the point and click mentality. And I'm equally to blame in that. That's why I turn my phone off. And that's why I try to get out of that mode so that I don't go too far away from being able to, to create. You're you more know, of a, like just, a stop and smell the roses kind of guy. Well, I, I think it's important. I think that, you know, people need to spend time with your family while they're here. I lost my mom and dad and, you know, luckily I was able to spend time with them. And, you know, if I, if I had my phone on 24 seven, I wouldn't have that, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, 
who have you not collaborated with that you always wanted to? Oh, it's very obscure. It would be like, believe it or not, Chaka Khan. You know, I'd love to do something with with her because she was a she was that. she was a huge influence vocally for me. But you know, again, I'd love to work with the guys I've been on the road with, whether it be you know any of these bands. You know, I'd like to work with any of ours. But it's music again. It's the dance that you do as a musician that you make the music and and you step back from it and go, that's really cool. So, I, you know, I'm sure that as time goes on, you know, everybody as their kids get out the door and they have a little bit more time, there's going to be a lot more collaborations from people that you wouldn't even believe that, that they're doing now, you know? Yeah, and there's so much crossover these days because people like to dabble and try different genres, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it it's it's where it's at musically there's there's no rules there's no record company telling you how you're supposed to do it now you know unfortunately there is no product anymore it's all streaming it's all downloads um you know cds will be out completely in the next year has that affected you it affects everybody i mean there's really you know you don't have your product goes away and uh so as, as product goes away, then it, so does your monetary side. I mean, obviously, we're a, a touring band and we do well doing fly dates and doing what we what we do. But for a young artist, you know, my son plays bass and loves to make music, but I don't even have any really good suggestions for him as a, as a young musician of what to do. Because I don't know how a young band would get their stuff out there. Luckily, I had all those years of nostalgia and, and the things that people, you know, relate to my music. Do you think it was easier then than it is now? I think it is easier then in a lot of ways because, you know, there was radio. There was, there was you know, people would actually listen to radio. If I was coming to Baltimore to come play a show, how would you find out that I was coming to play there? Well, I'm on I'm on uh, the classic rock station in Baltimore. Um, actually, my morning guy is Stash. You probably talked to him way oh, back. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course I have. Yeah. yeah, everybody yeah, talked to Stash. Yeah. So Stash and I do the morning show together. And yeah, I mean, we do um, advertise, you know, shows coming through. But that's the thing. Like, we wouldn't necessarily play like the new Mark Slaughter no. stuff because it's a classic yeah. rock station and it's tough. It's tough to yeah. get the new well, stuff and, on. And the same goes that the same thing goes for serious radio. Yeah. Radio is because, you know, it's we're you know, here nation is selling a time and a time frame in people's lives or seventies on seven is the same type of thing. You're listening to seventies music. It's not like, you know, the monkeys are going to go release a new track on the seventies on seven because it's not the seventies. Exactly. So, so it's, it's nobody, there's no place to put new music as a rock artist. There is country, but there is no rock. So that's, that's sad. And that's why I say it is a little bit more difficult. We need to change that. We need to contact them and start a couple of channels of getting bands heard. I'll tell you what, my boots in a lot of people's butts right now. They ain't <laughs> nothing yet. I'm doing what I can do on my side of it. Yeah. It's a size 13 shoe, and it goes a long that way. Long, long way. 
And you're in Tennessee. You might have that cowboy boot on, boy. There might be. There might be poop on that. That's right. <laughs> poop on them boots. Poop on them boots. Yeah, you I haven't been it. in the country unless you got poop on your boots. That's though. right. That is right. Mark Slaughter, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's a pleasure. We hope you'll come back sometime and talk Absolutely. a little bit more with us. I would love to. And, you know, again, thank you for your passion in music because, you know, ultimately it's all our passion. And hopefully, yeah. you know, we can, you know, alert people to, again, those guys up on your wall, the Beatles and all the things that also influence us all, you know, as us all. It, those are the bands and those are the artists that, that, uh, uh, made us who we are yeah so it's just this whole family of music that 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 compiles into what we love so thanks for the years i appreciate that absolutely thank you well i love mark slaughter there she said it (laughs) i'm just glad that he made tonight's interview i mean taking a shuttle bus through iowa uh through tornadoes and howling winds and rain and whatever he had to deal with uh, to get to that casino. I'm glad he's safe and sound and he's going to have a great show in Iowa. We'll have to get him to Baltimore again soon. Got to see him. I, can you believe I've never seen him in, in concert? You just want to touch his hair. I, I want to touch everywhere. <laughs> Love him. Love Mark Slaughter. Thank you for coming on the show. Please come back again because you're fun. All right. We're going to go into a segment that we like to call Local Flavor. I like to highlight a Maryland band, give a little love to my home state, and support local music. And I always do a, uh, a little search on Facebook, and I ask around and, and see who people like. And I love to listen to all of these bands and, and hear what's out there, because if you don't support local, I mean, that's just a shame. Got to help these people get recognized and uh, find some great talent out there that might be a little hidden and you might not know about it. And that's where I come in, bringing them up to the forefront in this show. So I, uh, I did a little search and I found a band out of Frederick, Maryland. They now are in Baltimore, but they started in 2009 in Frederick. And it's Brian Zuckerman, Kevin Holmes, Keith Pereira, and Chris Grimes. It's Sirenic. And I've listened to some of their stuff, and they do some great covers, but they've got great originals. And one song that really struck me, and I like it. It's real heavy and uh, awesome. I mean, they're they're rocking, man. And so the song is called Caught in the Fire. I hope you like it. Here's Sirenic. Just out of reach from my mind, from my feet, I can't stay. But I'm caught in the fire
Well, that was Caught in the Fire by Sirenic out of Frederick, Maryland. We love those guys. Thanks for being on our show, buddies. We will see you guys soon. And coming up on the next episode, we've got one of the founding members of Heart, Mr. Steve Fawson plays bass. I'm going to go sit down with him in Annapolis, Maryland, when he's going to be coming with his band. So we're going to talk to Steve Fawson, and we'll have that as episode number 26. But I can't end tonight's episode without playing one of my favorite Slaughter songs. And uh, it featured one of my favorite actresses from the 90s, Shannon Doherty. I think Mark may have dated her for a while. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's Real Love by Slaughter. You've been hanging backstage with Backstage Pass and Meredith Marks. Now get your ass off the tour bus. This is a big tiny comedy production. Thank you.